If you have your Bible, today we're going to be looking in Mark chapter 10, and we're going to look in verse number 13, and uh, today we are beginning a new series of messages, and we've been doing this for about the last, I guess it's the third or fourth year, uh, as we begin this series called C4, Engaging to be a Blessing. Now you might be like, what, what is this all about? What are you talking about? Well, I, I really like this series a lot, because this is an opportunity for us uh, to share with you, if, if you're new here, or you haven't been here very long, it uh, gives us the opportunity to share with you what we're all about, what Village Church desires to do, what we believe God has called us to do as a church, and for others of you who might have been here for a good while, and like me, I think this is a good reminder as to why, why we gather together every week and what our, what our calling is and what our mission is supposed to be as a church. So it's called C4 Engaging to be a blessing. Now, we say engaging to be a blessing because we think whenever it comes to the church that the church has a responsibility. Uh, we are to make a difference in the community in which we live. As a matter of fact, we are to be difference makers here. Uh, Jesus said this. If you go back in Scripture and look in Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden, and no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So very simply put, Jesus says, if you follow me, you have a job. And your job is to be a light in the world. Now, if we are going to be a light, uh, that means if we are going to shine, that means that, that there's some times when we need to be in darkness. And we need to be in darkness so that we can be that light for Jesus. And so that's really sort of the backdrop of when we talk about engaging in order to be a blessing. We want to shine a light in the midst of a world that is dark. Now, if you've grown up in the church, you've probably heard that before, and you're probably thinking, well, that's really good, but here's the big question. How do we do that? All right, well, because we are a bunch of geniuses at Village Church, uh, we sat around, we were in staff meeting, we we're talking, and said, you know, what is it that we can do in order to really, you know, we talk about being a light in the world, we talk about engaging the culture in which we live, well, how do we do that? And so we came up with the, the four C's. We said, everything that we're going to do at this church is going to revolve around four different areas of ministry so that we can be a light in the community where we are. And those four C's are it's campus, we have campus ministries, uh, be involved in our community and community ministries, in our care ministries as we care for people, and then we believe that as, as Christians we also have a civic responsibility. Now, I might have gone over that a little quick, but we got a whole month of this. Yay! And so today, our focus is going to be on the very first C, and that is campus ministries. We believe that God has called us to engage and to bring the good news of Jesus to young people. And the reason why we want to do that is, for one, because that's what Jesus did, because we, but we believe that Jesus transforms and changes people's lives. And so we want young people to hear about it early so that they can grow up their whole lives knowing Jesus and serving him. 
And so at Village Church, just to let you know, just in case you didn't, a really big focal point of our ministry is our campus ministries, ministries to children and to students. And so today we're going to look at our passage of Scripture, and what we're going to see is we're going to see that Jesus gives us some guidelines to his followers on how to engage young people. And he just really points out to us that we have a calling to minister and to share Jesus with young people. So, okay, what's that all about? Well, we're going to find, that, find out about that in Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16 today. Now, I just want to give you a little bit of background information about what's happening here. Uh, Jesus, as usual, he's, he's teaching uh, at this time. He's very well known. He's known for being an incredible teacher, but he's also, if we're going to be honest, he was known for I mean, some of the supernatural stuff that he was doing. I mean, when he saw somebody that was sick, he would heal that person. If somebody was crippled, I mean, he could, he could restore their body. I mean, so he's doing all these amazing things, but on top of that, he was like this incredible teacher. I mean, he was different than anybody that the people had heard before. Uh, the Bible tells us in Matthew 7, 28 and 29, it says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So he, just, he was a different guy. And so because of that, when Jesus would go to different places, huge crowds would show up. I mean, they would show up. They wanted to see Jesus. They wanted to see what he'd do. And, and many of them, they would bring their kids with them. Because they wanted their kids to also see Jesus. Now, it was not uncommon during this time that whenever a rabbi would come around, that parents would bring their children so that their children could be blessed and touched by the rabbi. And so that's what's happening in our text today. And we're going to see that Jesus had a desire to engage young people. Villas Church, because of Jesus' desire, we believe we need to have that same desire as well. That we should have a desire to engage students and for particular reasons. And so I just want to share with you a few, a few reasons why we find it so important at Village Church to engage students and engage children. And here's the very first reason why. We want to engage young people in ministry so we can, first of all, introduce them to Jesus. That is the primary purpose. That's why we, that's why we want to have ministry to young people because we want to introduce them to the greatest person who ever lived. Now I want you to look with me in verse number 13. It says, Some people, that be parents, were bringing little children to him, to Jesus, so that he might touch them. But his disciples rebuked them. Now he said that our, our mission as a church is to introduce young people to Jesus. And if you look in verse 13, it's exactly what the parents were doing. Uh, they found out Jesus was in town. They knew that he would, one, for those who are maybe a little on the secular side, hey, he's going to put on a good show. Let's go watch him. But there were other parents who knew that Jesus was somebody special. And they wanted their children to be around somebody like this. They're like, you know, he's healed people before. He's given people sight. He's healed people from diseases. And he shares a message that inspires people. Now, if a guy like that came into town today, my guess is that most of us, we'd want to go see that too. 
I mean, we, we, would want, we would want to see somebody who could perform miracles. We'd want to see somebody who is an exceptional speaker who could inspire and encourage us. Uh, you know, parents, if, as, as you were growing up, there were probably heroes that you had when you were younger. And uh, as, as you got older, maybe your children got a little bit older, maybe some of your heroes were still maybe playing a sport, and, and you wanted your kids to see them. I mean, whenever I was growing up, you know, and, and I, I had my favorite, you know, my favorite teams when I was growing up. And so when I was a kid, I grew up in Oklahoma. And so I, growing up, I, I grew up an Oklahoma fan. And I would tell my kids, like when I was, my dad would bring me to the football games. And so I'd always told my, my sons that I would take them to a game. And so they, they eventually just started calling me a liar because I hadn't done it yet. And so last year, I was like, I want you all to see them play. So we flew out and we went to a game together. And it was a blast. Um, you know, and then I moved to South Carolina, and I became I became a South Carolina Gamecock fan, and so you know, I'd sit there and you know, I'd, I'd, I'd tell my, uh, my my friends back at home, yeah, when you, we actually had this stretch where we won eleven games for like three straight seasons. It was incredible, and then and then something happened. I'm not sure what happened, and then I started praying. I was like, God, restore this, and uh, and and God did, but He did it not in Columbia. He did it upstate. So I, I, he got messed up. And so that just really bothered me a little bit. But, you know, whenever you see, you know, whenever you see something or you have a hero, you want your kids to experience that. Uh, when, I was, uh, when I was getting ready to turn 13, my dad wanted me to experience that. And so he took me to the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C. And I remember I went there and, and uh, we, we got off a, an elevator and we were coming around the corner. I, I ran into Senator Ted Kennedy. And so, I, you know, I saw, I saw him, and then Dad took me into the Speaker of the House's office. At that time, it was Tip O'Neill, and so I sat in his chair. And then I remember I, I saw President Ronald Reagan. But you, you know what the highlight of that trip was for me? Billy Graham was speaking. And so in our family, he was a big deal. And so whenever, uh, whenever I was a kid, I got to meet Billy Graham, and he signed my little, my little menu that I had from the prayer breakfast. And I, I still have that menu. And that's something that's special to me. And so, you know, I, I, as I, I look at the parents here, and, and they saw Jesus and what he did. And they wanted their kids to experience and see Jesus. Village Church, we should, we should want the same things. And here's what I believe. I believe God has put us here for a particular reason. Did you know God has, has surrounded us with young people? I mean, I, I look around and, and I see, um, let's see, I see three different high schools within, within minutes of this location. There are, I believe, four different middle schools within minutes of our location. There are five different elementary schools within minutes of our location. I look around, I don't know where these people are coming from. And I, I was like, where are they coming from? And why do they have so many children? But God has put us here to reach those kids. God has put us here in order to engage young people so that we can introduce them to Jesus. And, and I want you to, if you look back in verse 13, I want you to notice something interesting about verse number 13. If you look in verse 13, you will see that it was people who were bringing children to Jesus. They didn't just sit back and say, if those kids want to know Jesus, they can meet him himself. They didn't do that. They took the initiative and they brought young people to Jesus. And I'm afraid that I see 
the other happening a whole lot. I, I will see people tell me, you know, if, if young people are going to meet Jesus, they can do that, do that themselves. But I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. As a matter of fact, what I see in Scripture is that God has instructed His followers to bring people to Jesus. In Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, Go and make disciples. In other words, go and bring people to Jesus. And so that's what parents started doing in our text, verse 13. But when they did that, the response of the disciples is a little bit surprising. So they're bringing their kids to Jesus. And what does verse 13 say that the disciples did to the parents? They rebuked them. They scolded them. The, the word rebuke, it literally means to forbid. Now that's a little surprising, isn't it? So the parents are bringing their kids to Jesus and the disciples are forbidding it. Now I don't think it's because they were trying to be malicious. I, I just think that they thought, hey, Jesus is, I mean, he's, he's got some important stuff to do. The last thing he needs to do is be surrounded by a bunch of little rugrats. But I, I look and I see, according to Scripture, the parents are doing exactly what they were supposed to do. Do you know Isaiah 52, 7 tells us how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the herald who proclaims peace and who brings news of good things. The person who does that, who brings somebody to Jesus, he is blessed. The one who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Now, Village Church, we can know this. We can know that we are living in the will of God if we are spending our time, our efforts, efforts, our money, investing in young people so that they will hear the message of Jesus. But they will not hear the message of Jesus if we are not bringing people to Jesus. Vitally important. I'm not a big, I'm not a, I'm not a big podcast listener. I'm trying to become one. My dad has a podcast. If y'all didn't know, that's a Wendell Lee Step podcast. So I'm starting to listen to it more because I feel like I need to. Um, so I'm listening to that, but my son, my oldest son, listens to podcasts. And he told me about a really interesting podcast. He said, you got to listen to this one. And it's about a guy named Martin Pistorius from South Africa. I'm not talking about the track guy. So y'all, this is good. This is a good story. Uh, Martin Pistorius. When he was 10 years old, he wrote a book called The Ghost Boy. And so when he was 10 years old, he ended up getting like a virus and the flu. And within a year, he ended up in a vegetative state. I went to the doctor, uh, the parents took him to the doctor, and the doctor basically said, we can't do anything for him. He's going he's to die. You need to take him home, basically giving palliative care. And uh, so they took him home, and they, you know, they just turned him over. Every two hours, they turned him over so he wouldn't get bed sores. And they, they just couldn't, they had no communication. He couldn't communicate to them, couldn't move. But what they did not know is that behind those eyes that seemed lifeless, his brain was fully functioning, and he was conscious and cognizant of everything, but he could not communicate. Is that a nightmare? Twelve years. Um, his parents ended up hiring a nurse to come and care for him, and the nurse decided, she, she said, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to treat him like he can hear everything I say. So she talked to him, like carry on a conversation, you know, trying to carry on a conversation. He couldn't respond to her. But she noticed that when she would walk, his eyes would follow her. And she thought, I think there's something going on here. And so she talked the parents into bringing the child to a special, a special clinic where he could, where they had, where they had computers that were that they could use in order for him to be able to communicate. And lo and behold, when he got the hold of that computer, 
he, start, he started talking through the computer. Amazing story. Now, this is like years later. It's like 14 or 15 years later now. He, is, um, he, has, he, he also regained some of his uh, functions. I mean, he, he's still paralyzed, but he um, he's, has a web business now, and he's married. But I thought, I thought, but his life would be totally different had he not met that lady who was willing to bring him to a place that could change his life. Now, Village Church, let me tell you something about young people. They need to be brought to Jesus. And, and you, can, you might have that kind of an attitude where you look at young people and you think, I think they are in a vegetative state. Well, let me tell you something. There is something going on behind sometimes those lifeless eyes that are not listening to you. And when Jesus is, when they are introduced to Jesus, he will change their lives. He will make them different. That is why we feel a responsibility and a calling to engage students because Jesus changes people. And so the reason why we're called to engage young, engage young people in ministry is so we can introduce them to Jesus. But here's another reason we are called at this church to engage young people. It's so that we can teach them that they are wanted by Jesus. Young people are wanted by Jesus. Now look with me again in verse 13. It, it says, some people were bringing little children to him so that he might touch them. But his disciples, they rebuked them. And when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. There's a study done by Johns Hopkins that said in the last decade, depression among teens, among young people, has increased by 37%. They said in the past year, one out of six young women have experienced depression. And so, you know, the big question is why? You know, what's going on? Why is there so much depression? So there's a lot of different thoughts about it. But one of the things that they are kind of hanging on to is they think that social media plays a really large part of depression with young people. And social media creates this world that, that really isn't real. It creates this world, everything's perfect, everybody's doing well. And so what happens is everybody thinks their life is supposed to go a particular way. But then whenever you run into an obstacle, it's devastating and crushing. And so they don't know how to, they don't know how to deal with that. And they feel abandoned. There's so much, you know, there's, people feel so free to say the meanest things on social media. You know, what, what is that all about? And so I believe one of the great things that we can do as, as believers and as, as the church is to, to teach young people, hey, listen, I, I, it doesn't matter what the world's saying. I want you to know something about Jesus. Jesus wants you. Jesus loves you. Jesus desires you. Now, I, I think about that, and I think, well, that's, that's what the, the parents were doing. They brought their children to Jesus, but the disciples were forbidding them to come to Jesus. And, and I, my guess is they were thinking, well, Jesus has more important things to do. You know, children are, were not valued in the, in, the same, in the same way that and maybe, we, maybe we can overvalue some things. Uh, but in Jesus' day, the, the Jewish community, they, they, would, they said, you know, children, I mean, obviously they're a blessing, but they're, they're really not worth, uh, worth the time and energy until they can contribute something to society. Uh, the Romans absolutely did not value young people. Uh, as a matter of fact, remember, this is a Roman, with this, to this text right here, this is the Roman world. And so in the Roman world, whenever, if a person in Rome, a Roman citizen had a baby and they didn't want the baby, they would just, they'd take the child out and they'd leave it by a trash heap. That, that was common practice. 
And so that baby would either die or somebody could come along and pick up the baby and they could use that child for whatever reason they wanted to. Okay, so I, I look at Jesus, though, and as the disciples are trying to keep the children away, our text says Jesus became indignant. And that just simply means he became angry. Why did he become angry? Because Jesus loves children. He values young people. Now, I, if you're like me, you learn this as a, as a young person. Remember, remember the song? Jesus loves the little children. What children does he love? All the, first service sang it, so y'all did not do as good. All the children of the world. What colors? Red, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in his sight. We, we've done, if you grew up in the church, you know this. Jesus loves young people. And so Jesus said, you, you don't want to keep them from coming to me because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Now that was a very significant statement. It, it, it means it is never too early to bring people to Jesus. Now, a lot of times I'll hear parents tell me, you know, I'm going to let my kid decide about matters of faith. And so they'll, they'll keep their kids away from Jesus. And I think, That's, you're crazy. And I've mentioned this before, you don't do that with their diet. Why in the world would you do that concerning matters of faith? Now, Jesus didn't make any pre-qualifiers here. Jesus said, you just bring, you bring your children to me. And then Jesus said, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Now, now what does that mean? Well, those of you who are parents, think back whenever your children were, were really little. Remember when they were, when they were little? They would let you take care of them. When they were little, they, they would allow you to feed them. You know, when, when they were little, there were even those times when they would allow you to hug them. You know, as my kids get older, hey, what happened? You know, it would it, be just so nice, you know, if they just come up and just hug you like they used to when they're little kids. But that's, Jesus said, I want you when you come to me. He said, I want you to come to me like a little child trusting me like a little child trust his parents. Jesus, it's very easy to see, he values young people. He wants them. He has a place and a purpose for them. That's why we highly value student ministry at Village Church. We, we believe this. If you can capture a young person for Jesus, it will change their life forever. Did you know that about over 90% of people who come to faith in Christ, that they do so before the age of 18? Now, do you understand why we want to capture young people? Bring young people to Jesus as soon as you can because it gives them the best chance to get on the right road. Y'all remember about, uh, about 10 years ago, y'all remember the movie The Blind Side? Y'all remember that movie? Michael Ower, uh, I think that's how you say his name, he ends up becoming a professional football player. But um, he, he grew up in the inner city. And uh, there was a family that just happened to be driving down the road. It was, it was winter. And he was wearing a T-shirt, shorts, and flip-flops. And so he's walking down the street, and the, the Tui family was driving along. Sean Tui said his wife, she said, she said two words that changed all of our lives. Says we, she, we're driving on the street, we saw him, she, it's cold outside, and said, my wife looked at me and said, turn around. And so he turned around, and they drove up to Michael Orr, and opened the door, he got in, invited him in, and he got warm, they fed him. Eventually they ended up adopting him, bringing him, bringing, bringing him up in a, in a godly home, and he ended up going into the NFL, but he said his life was changed because of two words turn around 
Now think about the, the kids in our text. The disciples to leave. And Jesus basically says two words. Come back. Come back to me. Why, why did he want them to come back? Because Jesus had a place for those kids. He valued them. He wanted them to experience peace and satisfaction and forgiveness in their lives, to experience knowing that they have a home in heaven for them. So, villagers, we value, we value student ministry at this church. And, and we value it for some reasons. It's so we can introduce them to Jesus, so we can teach them they are wanted by Jesus. But here's the last thing, the last reason. It's so that they can experience the blessings of Jesus. We want them to be blessed by Jesus. Verse 15. Jesus said, I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And after taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and blessed them. As you read through the Bible, you're going to see that all throughout Scripture, God values young people. I mean, you, you look in um, uh, Psalm, I think it's what, Psalm 127 or 37 says, God, God values children. David said that children are a gift from God. Uh, you go to Deuteronomy 6, God tells us as parents that our children are so valuable, you want to teach them the things of God. Ephesians 5, we are told in Scripture that we are to value and to respect our children. Uh, we are to not, uh, we're not to distress them. You know, the, the way that we treat those who are helpless, who need help, says a whole lot about our faith. God values children. There's no doubt about it. Now, that's that God values children, but the big question is, if God values children, do you? you do, I, do I value young people? And you might say about your own kids, like I do. Yeah, absolutely. I value my kids. I want them to have the best education possible. I want them to be clothed and well-fed. I, I want my kids to, you know, to play on the best teams. I want all those things for my kids. I want the best for them. The parents in our text, they wanted the best for their children. That's why they brought them to Jesus. But here's what kind of fascinates me about this. If you go back to verse 13, you'll see the hope that the parents had for their children. If you look in verse 13, they hoped that he might touch them. And, and which I understand. I mean, if you look in the preceding verses and chapters, Jesus' touch is a really big deal. I mean, th th there was a lady that had an issue with blood, the Bible says, and when she, was when she touched Jesus, she was healed. Now, there was a man that was blind, and Jesus walked over to him, and he touched his eyes. He could see. So you know, they wanted their kids to be touched by Jesus. I totally get that. There is power in a touch from Jesus. But Jesus' vision for children is greater than your vision. See, Jesus doesn't just want to touch children. He doesn't want to put a hand on them of affirmation. If you look down in verse number 16, he wants to bless them. It says he took them in his arms and he blessed them. The word bless, it means to make happy, to cause to prosper. Parents wanted Jesus to touch their kids. Jesus said, I want to bless your kids. I want to prosper them. I'm not talking about six-figure salary. I want, I want to prosper them in peace. I want to prosper them in letting them know they are wanted by God. 
I want to prosper them and letting them know that I can forgive them and that I can provide eternity for them. Now, that's why we value young people at Village Church. That's why we want you to invest your time and energy, energy in serving students. You know, let me give you an example. Right now, right now, as we are in here, there are people from our church who've been called into ministry, and they are next door teaching our children about Jesus right now. Uh, There are some of you on Wednesday nights, you come up here. We have our high school and middle school ministries on Wednesday nights. Some of you, you you work with the young people, you're small group leaders for them. Others of you work in the parking lot. You know, this past, this past Wednesday night, we had 225 middle school and high school students up here, and you were ministering to them. Every year, the high school, or the, not the high schools, at the, um, at the elementary schools, you finance, pay for, and serve all the elementary schools in this area. Donuts for dads, muffins for moms. Grits for grandparents. I'm out of alliterations. But you, you, you do all those things. Um, on, on Friday nights for the football games, you feed the football team every week. We have a youth pastor that would go up there and speak about Jesus to the football team. At home games, you finance a thing called post game so that the football team and the players and the the students will have a safe place to be able to fellowship with one another. We value students here. We value young people, but why? Because we want them to know Jesus. And if they know Jesus at a young age, they have a lifetime to live for him. So what am I supposed to do with that? Well, if you feel God calling you in the area of student ministries and children ministries, campus ministry, after the service, we have our C4 area There's a wall, right on this wall, and you can go over there and you can engage an iPad, and it will tell you all the different campus ministries that we have and how you can sign up and serve. We don't want spectators. We want lights. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you value people. And Lord, I thank you that you have given us, you have given us such a blessing of being surrounded by so many students. Jesus, I pray that we will continue to make a difference in the lives of young people so that when they grow up, Lord, that they will have families who will love Jesus. God, I pray that you will bless our campus ministries here. Lord, I pray that we'll have people who will go and say, I am going to invest my time and energy in serving in campus, the campus ministries of this church. Jesus, I pray that we will honor you and that we will see young people surrender their lives to you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name.